It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. On today's show, it's part two of the Florida Panthers' end-of-season media availabilities. We discuss what Alexander Barkov, Sergey Bobrovsky, and head coach Paul Marie said on the Florida Panthers' Stanley Cup run. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Saturday, June 17th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers Podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore FLA Panthers. You can follow the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. And subscribe to the YouTube channel because we are one step closer to 500 subscribers for the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and shout out to all the everydayers who come back here to get your daily Florida Panthers fix whether whether it's them coming back from 3-1 against Boston sweeping the Carolina Hurricanes or and even making it to the Stanley Cup final and now we're in the offseason thank you to the everydayers who come back for your daily Florida Panthers fix so ladies and gentlemen it's part two of our discussing the end of season media availabilities for the Florida Panthers did not want to wait until Monday to get this out to you because of course it, it was going to be hard to get six uh, discuss six guys in a 30 minute podcast. So I wanted to split this to two and send you guys into the weekend knowing and giving our perspective on what the guys said uh, as the season was wrapped up. And we're unfortunately the Saturday show is not wrapping up a game six at FLA Live Arena, unfortunately. But we do have a special guest here today on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, a new guest here on the show. He is from the Sun Sentinel, Sam Sklar. Sam, welcome to Locked On Panthers. Thanks, man. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm actually a pretty big fan of the whole Locked On network. I think it's kind of just a perfect way to get a little insight, you know, 20, 30 minutes each day of whatever team you want. So this is perfect. Happy to be here. Yeah, and you, if we're being honest, you wouldn't be here if you hadn't introduced yourself to me in the elevator when we were covering the Stanley Cup final there. So I want to also say thank you for introducing yourself and, and telling me all about you. And then, of course, uh, and of course, following each other through Twitter and then, of course, communicating this and, and making this happen, too. So I want to say thank you, more importantly, for, for that. And hey, uh, it's crazy what just an introduction uh, can can do for sure. But mm-hmm. you were in the room for the end of season media availabilities in on Thursday morning. <coughs> excuse me at FLA Live Arena, and we went over. Excuse me, I went over with Nick Fairbanks for Fairbanks Friday about Matthew Kachuk, Anton Lindell, 
and Aaron Eckblad. But now we're we're going to move over to what to, on today's show we're going to discuss Alexander Barkov, Sergey Bobrovsky, and what Paul Maurice uh, said. But let's start off with um, the captain Alexander Barkov. Of course, uh, a new hat that he wore. He's usually wearing the Florida hat or his uh, uh, a tennis hat. He's ready for Wimbledon uh, in in July, and uh, I, uh, I I don't know what month the U.S. Open is. I think it's like in August uh, in in Queens. But he's ready for the summer to get ready to watch uh, some tennis. But mm-hmm. great news about Alexander Barkov. No injury that we um, no, that he's aware of. Great great to hear about the pa- captain that he's going to go through a healthy offseason and start off uh, training camp. But, <coughs> excuse me, um, he did talk about how it's going to be hard to process the, the loss now. And for someone who's been through their heartbreak, their own fair share of heartbreak since being drafted in 2013 about consistently missing the playoffs. And, and of course the, the round one exits that they haven't really experienced an extended playoff run until the last two seasons. How do you, how did you process what Alexander Barkov said? And how do you think that he is going to be, get himself ready for uh, this upcoming training camp? Mm-hmm. And of course, he's the captain of the team, so it's important as much as anybody on the team for him to be kind of the leader of the guys to when they all come back, you know, for camp or whatever, to kind of rally everyone together and make sure that they're not still kind of moping around from and, you know, being all upset about what happened, you know, losing, getting so close to, you know, the ultimate prize, but just ultimately coming up short. Um, So I think. You know he's a pretty he's a veteran now, and so I think he's going to handle it pretty well. Even though the Panthers haven't had all that much experience just as a franchise in the playoffs over the last uh, you know two decades or so, um, but I think that he's going to handle it well. Uh, he talked about you know about a lot about what he learned just through this whole process and playing a whole extra two months of hockey and everything like that. Um, you know he said that um, it's going to be just or how much he had to fight. To, to get what you really want. I think that's something that really caught my attention. I, I know you mentioned it before we, we started the show, um, that that's something that really resonated from what he said. And hopefully that's something that, you know, we see from the Panthers probably through all 82 games and something like that, because we know the whole first half of the season, how that went, and it really didn't feel like the Panthers were, were going to make the playoffs. And even in the last week of the season, it didn't really seem like they would. Um, and a lot of that, you know, the first half was probably just adjusting to the new system and everything like that. But still, I think that having a loss like, you know, losing so close to winning the Stanley Cup final is the type of thing that can also be a motivational factor and that a franchise needs to lose in that fashion in order to get to the top sort of thing. Yeah, and then uh, we, we also – there's also another team that has been through – two teams that I can name on, on the top of my head who – lost multiple times in either conference finals or um or or stanley cup final for for the exa- for example the washington capitals consistently losing in the second round and then the tampa bay lightning losing into the in the stanley cup final in 2015 and then consistently in the conference finals a- as well outside of this 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 uh this is a good learning experience for the florida panthers and uh, alexander barkov uh spoke about how this is something that they could build off and also gave credit to the guys who built through went through injuries. He mentioned even by name, Ekblad, Gudis, Brandon Montour. Proud of, he talked about how proud of he is of the guys. But talk about the question that you asked uh, Alexander Barkov in the media availability on Thursday and, and your takeaways from his uh, response. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I kind of hinted at or talked about that a little bit just now, but um, you know, he it's all about the fight and and the, and I think you really saw that from Vegas every single night. They were a really perfect example of it. They were a team that um, you know, nobody really counted on that they would were a legit Stanley Cup contender even though they're the one of the best teams in the Western Conference for the entire season. Um, but they had four great lines, a really deep defensive core that, you know, it really felt like there was no break whenever whoever was on the ice for Vegas. And I think that's kind of where, you know, the injuries started to play a factor in two, and it was just too much. And eventually we saw kind of the Panthers run out of gas, I think, there in game five. But um, I think it's about – having that depth, having that fight, and also making sure that you're staying healthy. You know, injuries are a lot of just bad luck, and the Panthers definitely were on the bad end of that. But, you know, if, if Kachuk is at 100%, they probably almost certainly, you feel like, don't lose 9-3 to in Game 5. Or if Ekblad doesn't have a broken foot and, you know, his all, all his other injuries that he's had too, um, that outcome doesn't happen. It's it's an excuse. It is no excuse, but it's just the reality. Yeah, not saying that the Florida Panthers would have won the series had those guys been 100% healthy, but it, I, I feel like it would have definitely been a, a closer uh, series for sure. Barkov was also asked about the buzz around the arena, and uh, every every, uh, every game it, he felt like it got louder, and it just proved, um, goes to show how much uh, hockey has been built here. And also before we transition over, one funny thing that he says, we all talk – we've all – heard about how low-key funny uh alexander barkov is anton lindell even spoke about his media availability uh how uh was asked about his summer plans about uh lionel messi going to see him play and he says that he doesn't think he could uh afford uh not afford tickets but he can obtain the tickets based on it being uh sold out with uh, all the demand and how the sporting community in south florida is uh going to to build and it's, it's 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 great to see that that the Florida Panthers are also in the middle. That he even spoke about how he's going to go watch soccer back in Europe, and maybe even go uh, um, go uh, watch uh, darts. So we know Alexander Barkov is a is a big fan of the of the game of darts. But we're going to transition over to segment number two. We're going to discuss more about Sergey Bobrovsky and how he feels about the playoff run. We are going to discuss how how he discusses rest and how the Panthers are going to reset from zero going into training camp. We're going to discuss that next year on the lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. But first we're going to tell you all about game time and buying your tickets to your favorite event. Shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easiest way to buy your tickets for all sports, music, comedy, theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals for tickets for football, basketball, baseball, hockey, comedy, theater, and more. Game time guarantees means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets for the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 100% of the difference. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils here. And let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. 
even a last minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit, Discover Bank, member FDIC. Segment number two here on this Saturday, June 17th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. We're discussing part two of the Florida Panthers end of season media availabilities. I got Sam Sklar here from the Sun Sentinel here. And next one is uh, Sergey Bobrovsky. And to kind of teased it in the, in the beginning in, as we were transitioning from segment one to segment two. But, you know, one thing that I always appreciate about Bob, and this isn't the first time that I've mentioned this, is about his ability to stay in the moment, not look back, not look fo- not look forward. And he he said, I think he said this three times in his media availability. One word, rest. And the 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 type of emotional toll and mental toll that it takes for for a playoff run as well. And he was asked about reminding himself about being one of the best goaltenders in the world. And sometimes how you could have all the skill uh, you, you want, but sometimes uh, certain things don't go your way and, and, it, and it, and it continues uh, snowballing. I'm paraphrasing the, that part, the snowballing part, but just the, just about how he's able to continuously build and just the, the confidence that he's able to, to ha- has had through the, through the especially through rounds two and three uh how 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 did you feel about what bob had to say in in uh, his media availability well my first takeaway was how much of a talker he actually is because he can ramble a little bit and especially mm-hmm. for a guy who's who's not from america and uh has a pretty heavy accent like he was a talker which was awesome you know definitely not a complaint as a, as a sports journalist you know trying to get quotes and everything <laughs> but um in, in, re- in all seriousness, um, you know, he, you could tell how much this run really did for him mentally. You know, physically, he's exhausted. You don't blame him. He started, I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but how many games in a row since he was inserted in the Boston series. That's a long time. Even with that 10-day break that they had in between the conference finals and, and the, the Stanley Cup final, like that that's a lot of games in a row that's a lot of stress on your body and you know i don't want to say that a person quit because i don't don't think people or players really quit but it felt like watching that game five you could kind of just tell that his body was just like it was getting really tough for him on some of the saves and kind of the the sliding back and forth for all the all the pressure and stuff that that vegas was getting on and he was just getting absolutely no help in front of him that night um but he was really just kind of candid about how much this these last two months really helped him because he was a guy who you would just know this a little bit better than I would just kind of his the fan perce- perception of him, you know, coming into the playoffs as a guy who's paid a lot of money, um, you know, was phenomenal in Columbus, didn't really live up to that or hasn't really um, in its time here in Florida. But this playoffs is really completely just flip the narrative, I think, on him. And it'll be interesting to see how much he's able to carry that into the, 
the regular season next year, if he's able to kind of be that dominant, you know, for a full regular season, or if he's going to kind of return back to where he was before, um, Panthers really need him to, to be what he was this, this postseason. Yeah. And I've already seen tweets about, uh, about because Bob didn't uh, get the Panthers, the cup, should they try to trade him? I'm like, no, they're not in any rush to, to trade him. And also he still has a no move clause. Uh, for, for the Panthers, it doesn't become a modified no trade clause until July 1 of next year. So Bob has at least earned one more year under the Florida Panthers before they make any decisions. One funny one, because the the guys in the room, we were all just continuously saying the, the phrase uh, Sergei Bobka. And it was a little bit in between. It was a little bit of time in between one player to the next. I believe it was a good like 25 to 30 minutes between uh, certain players at one point. Mm -hmm. And I was not going to be the guy who asked Sergey Bobrovsky about that pronunciation. I just didn't know how to ask about it. But thankfully, our friend David's work of WPLG Local 10 and the hockey um, hockey news uh, asked him about the pronunciation from Charles Barkley, uh, Sergey Bobka. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that Sergey Bobrovsky also has a little bit of a sense of humor too uh, when asked about it uh, and also thought that he was funny to a few of the coaches uh, uh, um, told him about it. And we can only assume that it was Robbie Tallis who told him he's the one uh, closest uh, to him. But another thing for Sergey is the, the two months that he went through versus the last 13 years. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, he went to round two in, in 20. Uh, 19 with Columbus, that's what earned him the contract. But then you, you think about the the first 13 years of his career, of course, getting two Vesna trophies in it, but also uh, emphasizing once again rest when it comes to when it comes to going on this long of an ex- extended run. But he was also asked about coming back and his ability his ability to come back and get to to the back into the routine. One thing that he said was that you know what the training is so that you don't have to kind of go through over and over again. You're going to, you, you know, when you come in, what is expected, what the, there, it's going to be asked of you. And more importantly, the fact that it's short rest, even I would expect, I don't know what the timeline is of when he's going to put the pads on again to at least go through at least a little bit of um, practice himself. Um, but I think he's going to take a lot of time, just like he said, but also the fact that he's going to come into the next season hungry as well. And we know we've seen over and over again, how, how he trains as well. So I think that's a, I think this could only be a positive for Sergey. Mm-hmm. And going back to the, the game five, you know, he gives up eight goals. Um, one of them was, the, you know, an empty netter. The ninth goal was, but um, I think it was interesting how he was never pulled from that game. And I think, if I don't think we ever got a reasoning as to why did, did we ever get a reason why did anyone ask him? Do you remember? No, but I can, I can think of why, but I'll let you finish. Yeah. Well, I think why is because Sergey probably wanted to be in the game. He wanted to go out, I think with his team, he didn't want to you know sit on the bench and kind of fold over and, and give up. So I think that just kind of tells a lot about who he is as a person and, and as a teammate really. Um, and you know, it was also interesting that he talked about how he felt that he learned that he, he learned more these last two months than he has over his 13 year NHL career, which that's something that kind of perked my attention because this is a guy who won two, he's won two Vesna trophies, you know, was so good in Columbus. And to, 
he talked about how he learned so much just mentally and emotionally about you know what these playoffs and what is what it takes to go on a run like this and i think that's something that probably um, is true of a lot of players on this team you know there weren't really many people who were playing for florida in these this this run that had been to a stanley cup final before it was only a couple of them right and versus vegas they had been there before kind of like how we talked about earlier where sometimes you just have to have that gut punch loss in order to get to your goal later on in the future they obviously lost to Washington in the Stanley Cup final. You learn from it, you get better, and here they are having a parade, I think, tomorrow. So mm-hmm. uh, I think Sergey is a very down-to-earth seeming guy, a guy who takes, you know, everything. He takes everything like he he's earned it, like, he, like it's a privilege or something like that. And so I think that um, the rest will be needed. The rest, like we said, is – is going to be good for him, but also when, when it comes back into the into the season, uh, we don't really know what I guess the situation with Spencer Knight is. But I think from what we can say right now, it's pretty much Sergey Bobrovsky's net, right? Yeah, no, no doubt. And you 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 made a good point about Sergey saying that he he probably did not want to be uh, taken out no matter what. But I also think about it like this: the at the time, you know your season is ending, but I also think it's also a Paul Maurice thing as well when it, mm-hmm. when it comes to saying, I I think it's a, a little bit of a level of disrespect if you were to take him out. It's like, he's the reason why he, he, got, he got here. There's no, the, the reason you would take him out is if you have, if you wanted to rest him up for another game, but there is literally no tomorrow as well. So mm-hmm. I think it was like, you know, I don't, reward is the wrong word for, for this, but it's like, yeah. it's like you you deserve the the ice time based on based on the the hard work that you've done and in, in in no ways I I don't think there's any any uh hard feelings for for Sergey Bobrovsky and Paul Maurice for leaving him out there when when the game was clearly over after uh, forty minutes but we're gonna transition over to segment number three where we're gonna discuss the head coach Paul Maurice and what he's uh, learned from his experience with moving to Florida first year with the team and how, how he was able to create the relationship with players uh, throughout the season. We're going to discuss that all here on the locked on Florida Panthers podcast. But first we're going to tell you all about bird dogs and bird dog stretch. Khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look bird dog shorts do the exact thing as little but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that just looks like khakis, but stretches all get stretches to get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat fa- fa- fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL to get a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Have you ever seen an NHL player get off a team bus and think to yourself, gosh, I wish I could dress that nice? Well, with Indochino, you can. Indochino makes fully customized suits that don't require a trip to the tailor to get that perfect fit. Recently, I was shopping for a new dress shirt for my upcoming wedding, and when I decided to go with the Hyde Herringbone shirt, I was blown away at all the customization options I had. 
I could change the type of collar, cuffs, and even decide whether or not I wanted a chest pocket, all while being incredibly affordable, especially given the quality of the product I was getting. New colors, fabrics, and outerwear styles are added regularly too, so it's easy to create your next look. Level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code NHL to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at INDOCHINO.com with code NHL. Third and final segment here on this Saturday, June 17th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, where we are discussing more of the media availabilities of the players and now the head coach for the Florida Panthers doing this with Sam Sklar of the Sun Sentinel. And Sam, uh, Paul Maurice spoke really about how the players came in and worked hard on the fitness test. Talk about how the guys didn't really have to test a certain way, but the, the guys trained hard. And, and the way I process that is when a new head coach is in town, you kind of, and you don't know his habits and how he talks to players. Of course, you can talk to players from other teams all you want, but you don't really know until you are in the same room as that person. And I think the I think from the start, the guys really wanted to work hard on those fitness tests because you knew that this was a guy who had the experience of 20 plus years in the NHL. And and I thought that was a really, really important statement that Paul Maurice made. And even in the beginning of the season, he called Brandon Montour's name out by out by name when it came to fitness testing and how hard he worked that training game and how not tired he was as well. And also talked about Etulus Thurinen at the beginning of the season about how he's a top nine player and he got that part right. Let's not forget that. But uh, what, what did you think of uh, what Paul Maurice had to say uh, in, during his uh, media availability? Cause he spent about 20 minutes uh, with, with us on, on Thursday morning. Mm-hmm. Well, he talked a lot of, and it wasn't just yesterday, but it was also just, this entire postseason about how this team is different and you know how it was at times we were able to get reasons from him why and i think that that sort of anecdote that he talked about yesterday about those fitness tests is that this team just had a lot of heart they really you know worked hard and that was a thing that um you know really stood out to to me and and to him when when he first took over is that um you know, there were so many times when I would listen to Paul Maurice speak and I was wondering if he was about to like start getting emotional or like start like tearing up or crying or something because he was always very meticulous with his words and he would have these kind of dramatic pauses. It's different than from a lot of coaches who kind of just give you like these two sentence answers that don't really mean much at all. But like he was so open just about everything, especially even yesterday. And um you know, he talked about just the character of the guys who, you know, came in every day and, and worked hard and, you know, kind of typical coach speak. But you could tell that he he meant it, is that this was actually true of, of these guys and that you could tell from the bottom of his heart almost that he was so upset that they didn't end up getting to the finish line and that he wanted it. He said he wanted it so badly for them, but um, wasn't able to to get them there. So you could tell that he was almost... I don't think I don't want to say he was blaming himself or like upset at himself, but like it was something that was on his mind, you know. 
Yeah, especially wanting it badly for his players and then thinking about certain statements. And he even had to – he going back to the video that we have access to, uh, they bleeped out the the F-bombs that he uh, he uh, he said on Thursday, but also certain statements of, of saying – of explaining that and saying, oh, that's the feeling that I'm definitely feeling. So a little bit of uh, comedy there from uh, Paul Maurice as well. And also talking about how the tough days and called them even – by names and and the first thing I thought of when he spoke about calling them by names was that Toronto game in late March where he said he called them effing cats. Let's uh, let's just uh, to put a clean version uh, of it out there and talking to him. He spoke about how he talked to him like referees at at, at times and you know you know that was a boiling point of course at that at that time. But, but of course uh, the the ability to for the players to still adjust and still believe in what he he's he's brewing um in, in sunrise and of course uh he even goes back to the first meeting with bill zito and we've i've said this a lot on the show about their first meeting was about this team having to go through adversity it's not just the it's not just the trades that hap that made it happen but it was just the ability the inability to put out a, a, a big signing because of the cap constraints that they had with Keith Yandel's bio. And of course, very early on in the season with Aaron Eckblad going on LTIR, that's the only way you were only to get an Eric Stahl on the team because of um, Eckblad going on LTIR as, mm-hmm. as well. And it was just, it, it, they were just in that chokehold all season. And and the Panthers, they, they, they were still able to make it through through some frustration. And thankfully for Paul Maurice, one thing I could definitely appreciate because we saw Rick Bonus do this after game five against the Vegas Golden Knights, calling out his team publicly about yeah. their effort. And Winnipeg, they're one step closer to just dismantling that team with Connor Hellebuck, Pierre-Luc Dubois. And that was the team that Paul Maurice left last year. And we didn't see at all that Paul Maurice called out his team to the media. And I could I could personally appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it was also interesting. He was asked... Um, about when he kind of realized that this team was different or that this was kind of the right fit for him to become the head coach of the Panthers. And um, he talked about how he had a conversation with Bill Zito about how they knew that it was going to be hard at first, is that the first half of the season might not go well at all just because of how much of a culture change and stylistic change that they were going through um, from from Andrew Burnett over to Paul Maurice, and that it was going to take time. You can't just you know have these these players play a certain way where they're you know putting pucks on net like crazy, you know, total high octane offense sort of style, and then just completely flip their habits into this more of a defensively minded you know checking team that um you know is takes less takes smarter chances, I guess, is a way to put it. Um, mm. And so it was interesting that they almost knew that that was going to maybe be the case. I don't think they thought it would be that that deep of like a gash that they ended up going into and, you know, having to have Chicago beat Pittsburgh in order to, in the last week of the season, to even get into the playoffs. But, you know, that's that was sort of, like you said, it was kind of like a, not a plan, but a realistic expectation. Yeah, and also, 
also he was asked about how what the guys are going to learn and also the the words that he used was that that guys are more developed and you know there's a learning lesson but also also the that these guys need to have the ability of be of of to to reestablish about knowing how that feeling is as well when when it comes to never forgetting uh what it took uh to to get there as well and also talked about merging two ideas in the in in november and december and of course that that was that was the adjustment period of why the record was the way it was um, early on in the season but of course uh through through trust through through also getting to know what what player x does well um Mm -hmm. they were able to make that turnaround and like you said (laughs) Hey, uh, they they might have uh, the Chicago Blackhawks might have uh, beaten Pittsburgh in the last week of the season, but hey, the Florida Panthers are there. We're not. We're definitely not uh, compl- complaining there. And also, he spoke about this. The guys just legitimately just enjoy each other, and that's the that's the great thing. When when you don't, that it's going to manifest itself on, on the ice. That's for sure. So that's also that's also uh, one thing. And he was also asked about Aaron Eckblad a lot uh, as well, and. He says that he, when asked about Ekblad about getting back to Norris uh, Trophy caliber, he 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 kind of re, he kind of deflected it in a way, talking about how he, when you're talking Norris Trophy caliber, you're thinking about putting up points because that's really what the Norris Trophy really is. But yeah, even with the broken leg and all that, he was he was being responsible in his own zone, and and he was a plus nine. Uh, let's also not for, uh, forget that, though in the regular season he was a uh, mi- minus fourteen as well. And and talk about how the room really uh, appreciates uh, that as well about what he's uh, he's uh, been, been through as well. And also the best part, the best part was something that that I can appreciate. And he said he thanked the media as well, just like Matthew Kachuk about how saying that he doesn't necessarily read anything. And I kind of believe Paul Maurice when he says he doesn't read anything because I think he wants to be focused on the task at hand, thanking the media. And he says when the criticism was warranted that he felt that he deserved it. I'm like, huh, interesting mm-hmm. that, that yeah. he was able to say that. But but he also enjoyed uh, talking with us as well. So I think uh, that I can, that I can definitely, that, that is a definitely another takeaway that I had from what Paul Maurice uh, said at the end of his uh, presser, because, you know, you take the good, you, you got to take the good with the bad. If you're not able yeah. to take criticism throughout the season, and I've had my fair share of it on, on, on Mo uh, mm-hmm. throughout the season when the team wasn't doing well, I wasn't too harsh because you can't. I, I was not team fire Maurice after a few months in year one of a of a of, of a of a deal. But what? Um, how, how did you process uh, how Maurice uh, not only ended but how he was able to just develop that trust with the with the guys? Well, yeah. I mean, what what he said about the media, obviously that that kind of hits home. And you know, whether or not there was an agenda behind that, you know. I don't really think that there was that was the case. Whether he was trying to like you know win you, win us over or something like that, but when you were covering the team when they were struggling, I came in two weeks ago when they were in the Stanley Cup final, so I didn't really even have you know wasn't really a part of the whole um, warranted criticism. You know, I guess it could have been during the Stanley Cup final, but with all the injuries and stuff, it was kind of hard to like 
you know, it's hard to bash what the Panthers, what happened to the Panthers in the Stanley Cup final with the injuries and just how good Vegas was. Um, you know, I think that it, they were outmatched. It, it would have, not saying the Panthers couldn't have won, but it, it would have been difficult is what I think that a lot of us kind of could take away from those that seven-game series that only went five games. Um, but just going back to Paul Maurice, um, like you, you can just tell that he cares a lot. And it seems like that he's had some sort of kind of revelation in his life or something like he hasn't, I don't know if he's ever talked about it, maybe you know, early in the postseason or in the regular season, but like, it seemed like he's changed a lot from when he was in Winnipeg, which is the way that he's interacts with the media, the way that he, you know, just kind of carries himself and is, um, open and honest about a lot of things. You know, the injuries are one thing you're not, you're not going to expect, you know, in a Stanley Cup final for him to just be 100% open about, you know, Matthew Kachuk's broken sternum, you know, when, when that happened because he's trying to get any little competitive advantage over Vegas as possible. But um, I think that all Panthers fans can probably, and just NHL fans can probably appreciate a lot of what Paul Maurice did and what he brought to uh, Florida this year because that the firing of Andrew Burnett was kind of shocking, at least from, from my perspective as kind of an outsider a year ago, is that, you know, they won the President's Trophy, you know, obviously disappointed in the playoffs, but it was, like, surprising that they, that they let him go. And then they're bringing in Paul Maurice, who's kind of the, was the opposite of Andrew Burnett, you know, was a really, really, really experienced guy, different playing style and everything. But um, I think that Panthers fans are pretty happy with um, the hiring that was, wasn't even a year ago yet. So pretty crazy. Yeah. New, new situation, new team, fresh voice, new climate, you name it. And also his son uh, was part of the broadcast team for the Florida mm-hmm. Everblades. Congratulations to the Florida Everblades on winning the Kel- the Kelly mm-hmm. cup as well. So just a, a, a very good situation for the Florida Panthers to be in. And of course, a great situation uh, for, for Paul Maurice. And of course, one more thing before we get out of here, he said only two guys uh, will miss the start of training camp. Aaron Ackblad is one. He did not name another one yet because they, he wanted to, they wanted to do their due diligence on their end of season physicals, but we will find out in due time about who will be out, who will be, who will be playing. And uh, also just to reevaluate the team over, over, over the summer as they are, trying to get better and of course with free agency being a little bit over uh two weeks away and a, and a and a draft as well but sam i want to thank you so much for joining me on this saturday edition of the lockdown florida panthers podcast covering the end of season media availabilities uh for the florida panthers thank you so much for for introducing yourself to me in in the elevator and yeah. and we and without that once again without that this uh podcast this podcast episode with you uh wouldn't happen but Tell everybody where they can find you online and your work. Yeah, so my Twitter is uh, at SklarSam underscore. So that's um, S-K-L-A-R-S-A-M underscore. Um, you can follow my work. and you know, I'll be posting it on, on Twitter there. And then also at the Sun Sentinel website. I believe that all of our pretty much all of our Panthers stuff um, is free. So you don't need a subscription in order to read a lot of it. And I'm going to be doing a lot of coverage. Um, of the Panthers this offseason. Again, I'm an intern, so I'm as of now, I'm only here through August. So we'll see what happens after that. Hopefully, hopefully I stick. But 
hey, I, I, I'm glad that we met in that, in that elevator. Um, I owe you a thanks because I don't, I think once I realized that I was going to be covering the Stanley Cup final a week into my internship and kind of was just thrown in the fire, I realized that I needed to do a lot of research. And so I turned that lock on and threw, down, threw a couple of your podcasts on. So, so thank you for that. Uh, absolutely, man. That, that's what I'm here for. And, and, and thank you so much, man. And I'll hope to see you next time, my friend. Yeah, you too. Thanks. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospects. Thank you for making Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listener of the day. And every dayers, make sure to come back uh, next week as we are going to discuss more about certain rumors for the Florida Panthers and certain players that they could be going after. Are are the Florida Panthers in the market to trade for an Eric Carlson? Will they go for a signing of veteran defenseman Oliver ekman Larson? We're going to discuss that on next next week here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. So make sure you tune in next week as we discuss more of that. So I'm Armando Velez with Sam Sklar. And you've been listening to Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's a routine every day. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.